0: Let's pretend you're in a counseling session and it's not going anywhere. You're the counselor. You've been meeting with this counselee for a few sessions now and it just is not going anywhere. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue the counseling or are you going to terminate the counseling session? That is the question that was posed to me and that is the question that I'm going to answer in this podcast. If you want to read this podcast, you can do that go to our website, rickthomas.net. The title of the podcast is What to Do When Counseling is Not Going Anywhere. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want to talk about this or anything else under the sun, please jump on our website. Get on our forums. If you're not a supporting member, no problem. We have free forums for you. Won't cost you a dime, just a little bit of time. You can ask your questions if you are a supporting member god bless you may your kind increase we have a private forum for you you go there and you can talk directly to me and my team as well it can be about anything or it can be about this what i'm talking about in this podcast what to do when counseling is not going anywhere every person that you meet will not change after you talk to them Rarely are these type of meetings one-and-done sessions and so that can create a dilemma for you that you'll have to decide how long should I continue with them or should I terminate this kind of care for them. Now this issue requires wisdom because each situation will be different. Let me read to you the question that was posed to me And then we'll start breaking it apart, and and that'll be the podcast. A member wrote in and said, will you help me with something? They said, as a counselor, I find it difficult to terminate a counseling session. There are several reasons for this. And then they gave me four reasons. Number one, part of it is because of my harshness toward others in the past. Number two, my hope something will eventually get through even though I do not see much change or even see evidence of a willingness to change. Number three, the fact that at the very least the presence of this kind of counselee reminds me to pray for them. At the same time, I cannot help feeling that in a situation like this, that I'm wasting both my time and possibly theirs. Do you have any thoughts on this? And so the councilor is meeting with the counselee, and progress is not happening according to the expectations of the councilor. They present a fourfold uh, dilemma that they want insight on. Uh, part of it, point number one, their harshness toward counselees in the past. Number two, they hope that something will eventually get through. Number three, the presence of this counselee reminds them to pray. And number four, feeling like I'm wasting both my time and theirs. I want to talk about all four of those things that he's presenting to me. But first, I want to talk about three other things. This and and the first one is that this is a wisdom issue. This dilemma falls under what I call the umbrella of a wisdom issue that the Bible does not directly address. The Bible doesn't address everything in our life directly, therefore we have to extrapolate and draw principles and ideas from the Bible without proof texting, of course. The Bible does speak to all things pertaining to life and godliness, but it will not tell you when you should continue a counseling session and when you should terminate one. Now Jesus, who met with a lot of people, He handled individuals individuals differently. For example, with Peter, he persevered with Peter all the way to the end, and at the end of the story, right before Christ died, Peter rejected him. Peter was not changing. In fact, he didn't change until after the resurrection, but Christ stayed with Peter through the whole process. He never terminated, if I can put it this way, he never terminated his counseling sessions with Peter. Then... Mary and Martha came to him in John 11, and Jesus responded in a different way to them. It was about uh, their brother Lazarus who was dying, and Jesus was slow. He was not quick to uh, do what they were asking him to do. And so there was a different kind of response to Mary and Martha. And then a third illustration is how Jesus responded to one of His own disciples, Judas specifically. In fact, He told Judas to go ahead and do that which you have planned to do. And Jesus did not try to stop him from going His own sinful way. And so there's three different contexts with individuals that Jesus met with, and He responded in three different ways. Now that important for you to understand and it's why I say that this situation here falls under the big umbrella of wisdom issues it's vital for you to know that there are no absolute right or wrong or black or white answers to your dilemma wisdom and you need wisdom from the Lord and so the key is to make sure that you are walking in the spirit that you are assessing the spirit What is God's mind on this situation? And you are responding to what you believe or how you believe that the Spirit of God is leading you. And so my first point that I would make to an individual, to this counselor who's asking, should I continue with the counseling or should I terminate? Well, the Bible doesn't say, and therefore it is a wisdom issue. Now, the second thing that you need to understand is that you are not the counselor. You're merely the mouthpiece. Now this is very good news for all people who do soul care. It should release you from any artificial or self-induced pressure to bring change to someone. Whether you're a spouse, a parent, a friend, or a counselor, or a pastor, or a small group leader, whatever leadership role that you have, it's all the same in this sense. The Spirit of God is the change agent in stubborn lives and so it's not your job point number one it's a wisdom issue you'll have to discern how the spirit of god is leading point number two it is not your job the spirit of god is the counselor you must become comfortable as god's water boy as we learn in 1 corinthians 3 6 that apollos watered paul planted but it was god who gave the increase therefore you want to guard your heart against the mini-Messiah complex, meaning you are not the Messiah. If you think that you are the one that is supposed to bring change, it could ratchet up your emotional involvement in a situation like this. And that is not what you want to do. Point number one, it's a wisdom issue. Point number two, it's not your job. And then point number three, there's a reason that this person is not changing. In fact, there are two reasons this person is not changing if a person is not changing it means one it could be that the person is not born again the person is not a christian What that means is they have no power to change. Or they can turn over a new leaf. They can make a a resolution of sorts, but it will not be long-term sustainable change in their lives because the natural man does not perceive the things of the Spirit of God. The great counselor, the Spirit of God, is not working in their lives because they are dead and alienated from God. Now, I'm not saying that the person that you're counseling is not a Christian. I am saying that if they are not changing, You must at least consider this, realizing that it is at best a subjective assessment because you can't ultimately know if anyone is saved or not. So if a person is not changing, it could be, maybe, subjectively discerned they are not born again, or it could be that sin has captured them. If they are caught in sin, they will not make spiritual progress. Uh, There are so many times where I've counseled people who were not moving forward in their sanctification, and it seemed like they were born again people, that they were regenerated, but there was some hidden sin in their life. Sin had captured them, and thus they could not. You can't serve two masters. You will either love one and hate the other, but you can't love both of them equally. And so if a person is caught in sin, well, they're not going to move forward. But neither of these reasons is because of you. And so you don't want to put pressure on yourself because of these two reasons. Sometimes people can think that change is all about them. The counselor can take that pressure and put it on themselves. It's not. And it could be, and I'm not saying this is what you should do with this person, but it could be that the best thing you could do is to let them go. One of the ways that I think about this in my line of work, I've been doing what people would call biblical counseling, professional counseling for over two decades now. But many people are pressing in on me asking me for help. I cannot help them all. I have to have a process of discerning who I'm going to spend my time with because there's almost there's only so many hours in a day and there's more people making requests of me in any one day than i can possibly fulfill as i told someone recently uh, he said when do you finish at the end of the day as in when is your job done my job is never done my job hasn't been done as long as i've been leading this ministry for over a decade now i've never finished my job i say i just stop that's what i do i just stop because it's never complete There are more people pressing in on me asking for help than I can accommodate in any one day. I cannot help them all. Therefore, my general working rule of thumb is to help those who put forth measurable effort. If they are not willing to put forth the effort, I will move on to the next person, the person who wants to change. There is always somebody standing in line who wants to change and it is evidenced by their observable work ethic and if they are wanting to change and they're willing to do the necessary things to change I am going to spend my time with them and then if I have discretionary time I may spend time with those who are a little more difficult but I cannot help everyone and so I don't put that pressure on on me. Point number one, it's a wisdom issue. Point number two, it's not your job. Point number three, you want to discern the reasons for their lack of change. The title of this podcast is What to Do When Counseling Is Not Going Anywhere. My supporting member wrote in and they mentioned four possible concerns in their question. Now I want to address their four concerns. One of the concerns that they had is they wanted to continue counseling this person because of the past harshness that the counselor has exhibited in his past counseling sessions the second point he made was he doesn't have faith that he's making a dent in this person's life he doesn't have faith for change the third point that he made it well by meeting with this person at least it reminds me to count to pray for them And then number four, he says, I may be just wasting my time and theirs. So I want to take all four of those points. The first one is past harshness. I want to continue counseling this person because I do or have had a tendency in the past to be harsh with people. Well, this is what I want to say to you is that you do not need someone to remind you of your previous failure. You don't want to remind yourself of your previous failure at any time if you have successfully, meaning biblically, repented of it. What you're talking about here is guilt-motivated counseling. I'm going to continue counseling this person because of this residual guilt that I have in my past because of harshness that... I've had toward other people. Now, your motives in this case are not right. There's something wrong with your motivations. God is gracious, and He has forgiven you. Now, I'm going to assume that you have asked Him to forgive you for being a harsh counselor. If He has, then you need to move on. It is unwise to create context, current context, to remind you of your past failures. Now your second point here is that you really don't have faith that this person is going to change. You're not making a a dent in their mind, in their brains, and you're not getting anywhere with them. You do not need uh, to meet with them under the condition that something's got to sink into their brain, something that I say. And that's not your job. As I said earlier, you are a mouthpiece for God. You're not the person that does the sinking in. The Spirit of God is the one who does the ultimate counseling. Remember, you're not the Messiah. You're not the change agent. The Lord changes people. The truth is, if you terminated the counseling, and I'm not suggesting that you do that. I mean, That may be something that you do. But if you do terminate the counseling, God can remind them of your words years later, even after you're dead. And so you don't have to continue this counseling with the expectation that eventually, at some point in the future, it's going to sink in. You may need to discontinue the counseling, but if you do... They will never be able to stray from the Lord. They may leave you and never see you again, but they will never get away from omnipresent God. As the psalmist said in 139.7, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? They will not flee God and he will take your words and use them even though they're not sinking in apparently at this point in time. And then you said, well, at least they remind me to pray by having this kind of person in my life. Well, my response to that is that you can add them to your prayer list rather than spending hours with them to be reminded to pray for them. That sounds like a torturous way to remember to pray for somebody. I'm going to meet with you for two hours a week and be miserable during the counseling session, but it will remind me to pray for you. Well, take your pencil. Write their name down on a piece of paper and remember that way. And then your fourth point is, I may be wasting my time and theirs. Now that is possible, but remember that God is a multitasker, that God is always doing something even if it is only to work on you. Some of my most difficult counselees have been guiltless, from the Lord to help me work on me. Every person that I meet is an opportunity for careful reflection that allows me to mature in Christ. Maybe that person's not changing. Maybe it appears that you're wasting time as far as redemptive time with them, but you're not wasting time if you are learning the lessons that God is desiring to teach you through this counseling season maybe this counseling season is more about if not all about you and not so much about your counselee and so there's my four responses to your four reasons to continue counseling and now i want to answer in the clearest way that i can what you're really asking is it time to end this counseling session Nobody can tell you when to end a counseling session other than the Spirit of God. If anybody says otherwise, be careful. Nobody can tell you that. Now, I would recommend that you read my article on how to make a decision about anything. It is embedded here in this article from this podcast. It's one of the more popular articles on our website, and I would encourage you to read it. How to make a decision about anything. You can search it in the search box. Or you can get the link from this article and that will help you in this idea of decision making because ultimately you're asking a question of how to make a decision. If you believe it is time to end a counseling session, let's say you come to that point and it's and I want to have one more counseling session with this individual and then we're going to terminate it. And that's fine. If that's the way God is leading you, then be free to terminate it. And if you are, if you do terminate it, then here's something that I want you to consider. I want you to say the most important thing that you want that person to know in the last session that you have with them. Make your last session your most memorable and your most instructive. The average person is not able to remember the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth session that you had with them, not the details of it, and you want them them to retain one vital piece of information. You want to leverage this for their benefit in your last session. So the night before you meet with them, I want you to pray through some of the takeaways that you want them to retain. These things may be hard things, so do not give in to the fear of man. Be clear. Speak the truth in love. Make sure it's the clearest truth you can communicate, the facts that will give them an accurate picture of your overall assessment with them. The reason I'm saying this is because if they ever do come to that place of repentance, they will recall your final words. So I don't know if you should terminate the counseling session or not. I think you need to go through these four reasons that you're continuing the counseling. They're, they are problematic, at least. And if you do decide to terminate, then have one more session and speak the truth in love.